0: Thank <music> back to the nasm podcast i'm fm old dog your co-host and with me today as always uh he, i'm 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 the rapper rapping at you he's not the dj though he plays the keyboards it's servalarian fm how
1: you doing serve hello there mr old dog i'm doing wonderfully uh yeah it's going well ready to get this mls podcast on the road
0: yeah, so today we're focusing on the the MLS and what uh, what it is. people uh, who uh, yeah, well, yeah exactly what it is what I was going to say what what maybe people outside North America might need to know about it, um, but I think probably also what people inside North America uh, should know about it uh, in terms of on on Football Manager uh, there there are and in real life there are definite uh, let's say quirks to uh the, the how you sign players how you pay players and uh, the whole salary cap deal is is kind of unique so we'll get into that but first uh let's do some save updates Serve, you want to you want to go first
1: of course well i'm still on spartak moscow in um russia we have uh been doing well similarly i've been uh selling a couple of players i'm into my um, third season, um, unfortunately, we got knocked out by a late goal to Real Madrid in the Champions League, but um, we've been doing really well. Uh, sold a couple of players, brought in a couple players. We have a lot of good new gens um, in the team. Um, ultimately, no, no major changes since we've last recorded. Um, been winning some more games. Um, I have a load of money in the bank because of player sales and sponsorship. Um, and we're looking on track to potentially get an unbeaten season and finish next season. Um, or at least next season, try to challenge further in the Champions League.
0: Very nice, very nice. I am uh, still at Shelburne FC in Ireland. Uh, the save is kind of going just just meandering along, going sideways. It's The board expects me, as they did last year, to finish first and get promoted. Didn't finish first and get promoted last year, but they still... <laughs> kept me around kept I think uh either it's the unreality of FM or it's that I made a, a cup final uh, who knows but it's so far I've uh, I'm about a third of the way in to the season mm-hmm. and it's just kind of I think I'm in about in second or third it's we keep winning games by a goal or maybe two uh, and haven't quite unlocked unlocked a great. Great tactic to use, but I think it, it it might also be that's just I mean my it's not like my team is that much better than anybody else in the league. I think we are uh, uh, mm-hmm. s- s- you know one of the better teams in the league, but we're not head and shoulders. So that might be how it goes. So I may mm-hmm. uh may be sacked at the end of the 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 uh, season or fired, as I might say here in California, mm-hmm. and. Exactly. So we'll we'll see, but it's uh, still having fun. I I I posted in a new blog post last week. fmolddog.wordpress.com. Wonderful. If if anyone hasn't checked that we out, we can
1: link that. Um, we can link that in the description.
0: Definitely. So, yep. uh, so that's our save updates. Let's now let's get into the nitty gritty of MLS. Uh, what what it's like financially, and what what it might be like to to play on on FM. You wanna you wanna start off with some of the some of the top line stuff?
1: Yeah, so I'm just gonna say uh MLS was founded essentially after the nineteen ninety-four World Cup. Um started play in nineteen ninety-six with ten teams, but very it's very different to um essentially the way that most traditional leagues in Europe or really anywhere in the world work because it's very Americanized. So the main terminology we're gonna run through, um, or at least the main first thing we're going to explain is the salary cap. So this is something that exists in many North American sports and it's something that exists in the MLS. So the gist of a salary cap is you have a specific amount of money you cannot go over um, and you can only spend a certain amount on player wages um, and it's essentially their salary cap is equal to every team in the league. So no team can out financially spend each other um, in general. However, um, again, they have to uh, adjust the salary cap in order to bring the star players over by adding things such as designated players um, and specific roster slots, so the uh, getting down to the numbers, the salary cap you can have up to twenty players of your thirty-player squad count against the salary cap, uh, and the total salary cap of this year is uh, four million dollars, four million dollars and thirty-five thousand, four million thirty-five thousand dollars, and this is the senior roster. But the uh, nineteen and twenty salary spots. Are not required to be filled and you can spread the salary budget across your 18 salary budget players um, and essentially if you um, don't fill these uh, 18 spots you will face a charge essentially fills up your salary cap for every unfilled spot you have below 18 um, and you can have no more than 20 players on your senior roster essentially um, but if a player gets injured you can put them on the uh, Season Ending Injury List, so essentially you put them on this list and they are out for the whole season. Or the Disabled List which is again an injury list in order to uh, take a player off your roster temporarily in order to put, replace it with another or if they're loaned out. And the maximum you can play or pay a player per year is $504,375 US dollars and we're using these numbers because they come from the, uh, MLS, uh, the MLS website and these are the specifics. So yeah. That's a salary cap. And Do we want to discuss that briefly.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, like, like you said, the uh, it is common in, in American sports sports leagues to have a salary mm-hmm. cap or, or a, a luxury tax if you go above a certain, certain salary limits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, in that way, I think the, the MLS is, is very Americanized. Um, but then as we'll get into a little bit more that they've, sort of layered uh some nearly byzantine rules on top of that mm-hmm. um and we've got exceptions and uh caveats and all sorts of stuff or what for what counts and what doesn't count which uh which to me is yeah. is is different from from other from other sports that sports uh, yeah that yeah. Do we they do have we to see. essentially
1: add wiggle room in order to attract those big name players like the Landon Donovans, the um, Sebastian Giovankos, etc. So moving into uh, international player slots, essentially you have eight international player slots which means you can sign eight players who are not American or Canadian but you can trade for um, these international spots um, this is something we're going to discuss later on when we discuss trades but essentially these international spots are very very valuable and oftentimes it's very very good if you're playing in Football Manager to try to trade into getting more international spots because you can bring in those really, really good new gens that often come from South America, take them, train them, and then sell them on. Finally, or not finally, but next we're going to move into the um, wonderful subjects that are the allocation monies. So there's two types. There's uh, general allocation money and uh, targeted allocation money. So um, these are very complicated and I don't fully get these and I don't think most MLS people don't fully understand these. And we looked at a, um, in an article, essentially around 50% of the MLS players um, are unaware essentially fully of what targeted allocation money and general allocation money do. So we're going to be in for a little bit of a treat. So uh, if we're going for the concrete numbers, uh, each team gets 1.2 million um, from tw- for 2018 and for 2019. So you have essentially... Um, million for two years and you can spend um, flexibly up to 2.8 million so essentially the team can fund more money to get more TAM in order to do more things so this was introduced in 2015 and essentially gives each team more resources to add or retain players that make an impact on the field so it's essentially um, a way to get by this whole salary cap limit in order to make teams more competitive so Uh, You can buy down a player's salary budget for the salary cap using targeted allocation money. So, as I said earlier, the total salary cap is $504,375, but you can buy down, using $150,000 of your targeted allocation money, this salary budget um, by $150,000. But you can't actually trade this discretionary um, targeted allocation money that is the $2.8 million. So each team essentially... Has um, four million dollars of targeted allocation money. If you include that each team, or assume that each team has this two point eight million for flexibility, uh, and you can't use it in combination with the general allocation or general allocation money, um, so you have to use um, one per player, basically. So and so, what
0: the targeted uh, allocation money is is. What it boils down to is basically, like, hey, um, here's a really good player that we've identified, um, and we need to spend over the salary cap, uh, and so we're, we're going to go out and get this player. And here's what we're gonna, here's here's how we're, here's the exception. We're we're spending over the salary cap, but we're using targeted allocation money to do it. Um, so yeah. so this this is why MLS has somewhat of a soft salary cap because there's ways that you actually mm-hmm. can go over the salary cap um and
1: yeah. so there's basically oh, sorry go ahead
0: yeah so um well do you want to you want to go into because for part of this i think it would help to understand what designated players are um you want to talk about yes. what so what a designated um, player is yeah
1: go ahead uh or do you want me to yeah i was hoping you would do that part I'm oh, of not course. 100% so a designated, a designated player. player is. Of course. Enlighten me. Um, so in, yeah, so the research I essentially went through is each team gets three designated player slots. You can't trade these slots or get any more. But these designated player slots, you can pay them as much as you want. But they only count as 500, um, that 500,000 um for your for the salary cap. So a player like this, um, for TFC, because that's the best example for me, considering they are my uh, home team. Uh, they have someone like Michael Bradley. Michael Bradley is a. Um, I'm just gonna sec- check his salary, but he um, he makes 6.5 million um, Canadian dollars per year. Um, so his salary is much much higher um, than the other players in the in the league. But he's only essentially costing TFC that 500,000 for their salary cap. So, um, designated players are essentially like the David Beckhams of the league. You have a David Beckham who can be paid millions and millions a year, like 10 million a year, but he's only going to cost you 500,000 for your salary cap. Because again, you only have 400, 4 million per year. So if you're paying players 10 million, you're going to easily go over your salary cap. So these are essentially introduced in order to get players who are, um, like the big, big players in order to, um, your Beckham's,
0: Wayne Rooney's Zlatan, these these guys. Exactly.
1: So yeah, like again, some of the top designated players can earn 180 times more than the league minimum. So again, the league also has um minimum values in the uh for you have to pay a player, which is now sixty five thousand dollars um essentially for your minimum salary. Um so moving back into targeted allocation money um Four ways essentially. You can use the funds to sign a new player, um, provided his salary and acquisition costs are greater than the maximum salary budget charge. You can re-sign a player uh, if he's earning more than this maximum salary budget charge by using TAM to buy it down. You can use all or use a portion to convert a designated player to a non-designated player by buying his salary budget charge down. So let's say a player is earning six hundred or six hundred thousand dollars, but you spend one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of um, of TAM to buy their salary below the maximum limit they wouldn't actually be considered a designated player and then you can essentially go and spend a couple million dollars on a new player for you to bring in Um, and you can also um, use up to two hundred thousand dollars to sign um, homegrown players um, to their first MLS contract so essentially you use some of that targeted allocation money for a signing on fee as far as I see it Um, but if you, again, going back to the third way to use it, if you use it to free up a DP slot, you have to sign a DP at an investment greater than or equal to the player he's replacing. Um, so essentially targeted allocation money is money that the league gives you, as well as you are able to spend on, um, buying player salaries down in order to ensure that you can stay within the salary cap and to sign players. Um, but we're going to go to the other kind of allocation money, which is GAM, which is quite similar to TAM. Um, so general allocation money is only given by the league. So you get 200000 per club, but essentially for the clubs that perform poorly, like if you don't qualify for the playoffs, you get an extra 200000 But if you qualify for the Champions League, you get $140,000. Um, or if a player is sold outside the MLS... The MLS makes a large amount of money from this, and you can get some of that money as a part of your JAM. Uh, um, essentially, um, as well, expansion clubs get this equal amount of um, general allocation money. So, um, let's you know the new team LAFC or the new teams that are coming, they get JAM as well as players losing players in the expansion draft, which is something we will cover later. Uh, you get additional money for if you lose a player um as well it can be traded so it's not like it's tam where it's a fixed number that each club gets you can trade jam to other people i believe you can also trade tam which is a trade that happened with um tfc and i believe washington dc tfc traded about three hundred fifty thousand targeted allocation money for 200 000 general allocation money so general allocation money also expires it's not like it's a long-term investment you can just stack up millions of dollars of GAM and keep it and just spend it when you need it it expires after three transfer windows so um the MLS playoffs just finished again about two months ago and uh if I get uh the money for this year uh this time in a uh a year and a half essentially that GAM will have expired so you have to essentially spend it and it's encouraging players encouraging teams to spend it Uh, again, similar to TAM, you can also buy down a, um, player's salary charge, but you don't, you can use there. I don't, don't believe there, um, no, no, there is, you can buy down, um, you can buy down, I don't think there's a maximum for buying down any player, but you can only reduce, uh, designated players by 150,000, but say your designated player is earning... Uh, 800000 You can spend 300000 to bring them down below the salary cap by using half GAM and half TAM. So essentially these two types of allocate, um, allocation monies can buy down players salaries um, in order to keep them within the salary cap, as well as using them to um, offset acquisition costs, so you can use some GAM to uh, buy a player or to loan a player, or to sign new players to the MLS, or re-sign existing MLS players. Essentially, GAM and TAM are special money you can use in order to do special things, like pay for players. So, so you li- you yeah, limit your weird salary, MLS thing.
0: Yeah, you limit your salary cap hit, um, and you can you you get to pay more to really special players, or or even, um, or even just sort of get your run of the mill players. Make sure you you stay under the salary cap. So mm-hmm. so so I've. Uh, Opened up a little side save on on FM using the San Jose Earthquakes um, to poke around a little mm-hmm. bit at this, and um, you know, I th- I think theoretically you could probably do an FM save without totally getting underwater with TAM, GAM, TAM, GAM, all that oh, stuff. Of course. But they're, um,
1: they're just a the thing that's there. Yeah. That...
0: Right. So. If you but manage properly, no, yeah. exactly. But if you want to, you know, it, I mean, so if you wanted to do a, you know, a youth only save, you, you're not, you're probably never, never going to really have to worry about, um, tam, gam, um, you know, you're just developing players in your own. If you're doing a save where you're, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. want to bring in a uh Zlatan or something like that, then superstar, yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when once because like tam funds essentially. Yeah, use they were used to buy down like someone like ibrahimovic or vilalba right like they're just if you want to essentially maximize your save in order to perform better do better than everyone else if you understand how to use them and trade for them and maximize their use every season you're definitely going to perform better by using these tam and jam and i think it's something that scares a lot of people um is uh jam and tam because they're like these weird monies um that the league gives you um to pay for players, which is very different from North um, European saves and really anywhere in the world. But if you actually boil it down, they're essentially just used to pay down players' salaries in order to fit them in the salary cap and used to, for transfers. And part of this is
0: is that again different from from other leagues around the world. Every uh, MLS is one entity that all the all the teams are owned by the league, and every player is signed by the league. Um, and then, you know, they're, they're assigned to a team or they, you know, they're, they're, they're signed to a team, but really the, who's paying their contract is, is, is MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they have different, different operators, uh, of each, of each team that we'll, we'll get into a little more later. But, um, but the, the fact that yeah. each, that MLS yeah. signs the players originally is what leads into, uh, the draft. So you want to, you want to go into mm-hmm. the super draft a little bit?
1: well yeah just going back to your point against you were a lawyer um fraser versus um major league soccer which was a uh suit in 2002 essentially was players um suing against the mls the league and the ussf united states soccer federation um basically um saying that the mls is conspiring um against players but the court found essentially that the major league soccer um did not illegally monopolize market for player services because they're one entity. So they can't conspire with each other. Right. And the the players had one entity
0: then, and the players had other, you know, had other places, you know, you can, you can, you can go to Mexico and play soccer. You can go to, you can go to, you know, another country. So, so it was not, they weren't, they were not, uh, locking them out of any opportunity to play soccer.
1: No. So yeah, um, moving into drafting. So this is again American sport. Um, American sports have drafts, um, and this isn't something that happens in any other uh, league in the world. I don't believe there is a draft. So every year there is uh, the super draft, which is essentially um, there is a draft where uh, new gens in FM at least um, will become a. Uh, they are new gens are generated and this is how you pick them up and they're assumed to be college players or young players who are a um, part of the league so um, and you're going to draft them into your team Um, so one thing that does happen in the draft essentially is it goes around um, and uh, each team gets the pick and again the teams who perform poorly get uh, earlier picks and it goes in rounds so there's a first round second round third round and a fourth round I believe Um, and you can in FM, you can um, get your assistant to recommend you a pick, but uh, from what I've seen, uh, normally the assistant recommendations are quite poor, but essentially you can um, see which teams are going to pick and then you can pick after them. Another thing that happens is uh, Generation Adidas. So Generation Adidas is something that was introduced in the league um, and it's a program designed to foster the talent of prospective players from the US and Canada. Um, so these are both college students and young national team players that the MLS will sign into the league So the MLS itself the entity signs these players into the league who are, have special talent um, so essentially they're getting the higher quality players and putting them into the league and they're um, Generation Adidas so if you sign a generation Adidas player um, And this these are players from the draft. They don't count to your salary cap. So um you can only uh, get these players by trading for them or getting them from the draft. And you can't create Generation Adidas players, but um, you can acquire them and they don't actually cost you uh, anything on your salary cap. So these are essentially the good players are most likely going to be Generation Adidas players. Or Generation Adidas players are going to be good players. I should re-clarify. All right. So again, like talking about this, this is youth and it's a good way to bring in your players. Exactly, um, and uh, and then so yeah, we also
0: get more drafting. This is only one of the yes. up to three drafts you can have in a year uh, in the MLS. Yeah, um, there's the other. The other yearly draft is the re-entry draft, um, which is uh, it's in a, a way to well, I guess I guess other other uh, leagues around the world have free agency. Um, so it's not a, mm-hmm. not a North American thing, but, um, this is sort of a way to, I guess, I don't, I don't know if it came out of the, the league owning all the players or what, but it's, it's an oddity where the, the re-entry draft is, is if a, a player's on a team, their contract runs out, the team says, you know, we're not going to re-sign you. Um, they go into
1: the re-entry draft and, um, mm-hmm can be picked up and this is because of the team again, this is again because the mls owns all these players so essentially the mls can put them all on a pool and you can sign these veteran players who are out of contract um and they're always going to be 23 or older um so yeah it's split over a couple of rounds um and teams can actually um choose to pass on their pick and they can just they're just out of the stage um and normally these players are never gonna be great they're always like poor quality players or old players you may have a chance to bring in a um, a good player from the re-entry draft but there's never really going to be any exceptional players Um, but it's a good way to get backups so essentially going through the rounds there is the first round where you select any player you want but you don't actually get to negotiate uh, the wages for each player so Uh, You just get the wage that he had at the club in the second round these are players you draft And then you can choose to negotiate their wages and these second round players are players that haven't made it through that Weren't picked in the first round and then the third round um, uh, You can essentially select players that didn't get found in the first two rounds and you can negotiate the wages as well And even then that's normally never going to generate you anything because they're normally pretty crap players um, Because they haven't been picked in two rounds so essentially drafting system uh, is that's those are the normal drafts those are every year but um there is something that happens uh, in fm18 i believe or it might have in fm18 there is the uh, expansion draft but not in fm19 so the expansion draft is essentially what happens whenever a new team joins the league and this happens in every uh, american sport i know it recently happened uh, in hockey again where we're not trying to talk about north american sports but it's very similar structure so each team gets to choose um, eleven players that they protect in the draft. So normally these are going to be um, like your star players, your designated players that you are do not want to give up to anyone because they're so good, um, right? Like these, you don't really want to give these players up. So essentially, you choose to protect these eleven players, and no one and the expansion team will not be able to draft these players. But the rest of the players are able to be drafted by um the expansion team so uh each team um but the expansion team only gets i believe five picks in the expansion draft so it would be lafc gets to pick five players um and this is going to be relevant for next year because of the introduction of the cincinnati team and potentially the miami and nashville in 2020 so next year in fm20 if it does exist of course um you will potentially have two expansion drafts, I believe, due to there being a Cincinnati draft and a Miami and Nashville draft. So that's the gist of the drafts. Um, they are the way that you get players, that um, you get new players essentially, not that. Um, and you can't buy players from other teams in the league, which is trading, which we will move on to after we discuss. Um, or, I mean, I'll just briefly discuss trades. You can trade. For players you can't buy a player from another team so let's say I want to trade for uh, Josie Altidore from Toronto FC I would uh, you can uh, propose a trade so I could trade two of my own players the 2021 second round pick that my team has hundred and fifty thousand dollars from general allocation money and see what they say say TFC agree um, I get Josie Altidore and they get uh, the offer that I presented so essentially you can trade players picks Targeted allocation money, general allocation money, international spots, which again, I've discussed, they're very valuable. If you're playing in the MLS, try to trade for international spots if you can, because it means you can sign good international players. Well, you can bring in new gens who run low wages, Um, and you can also trade for the rights of players. So essentially, if a player transfers out of the league, I believe they have a specific um, right, like I own the rights to josie altador if i sell him to swansea and if another team uh tries to buy him uh, i have the rights so it gets comp once uh so yeah you essentially own the rights to a player um and it's really uh it's weird um but um yeah essentially you can trade lots of players um and it's uh, normally the only way you're going to be trading players. Um, so yeah, essentially that's discussing the um, trading system and the drafting system. And then we're going to go into discuss the league structure. So um, if you want to go ahead and talk about the league structure,
0: yeah. So this uh, we have a a uh, calendar year year structure. It's uh, the games run from March to October. Um, but there's been some talk uh well i think every couple of years there's talk that that they're going to sync up with um most uh, of the never, rest of international yeah
1: exactly so uh, it's it's just yeah even though we're in the northern hemisphere it's just not going to happen because of um other sports because a lot of the teams share their sta- not every team but quite a few teams share a stadium so it's it would be very complicated for scheduling if it was done um, in a way that overlaps majorly with the football um, season, because a lot of teams share with football teams because they're outdoor stadiums. So, because it's from March to October, it doesn't really overlap with um, the football season. But and it could, but it does sometimes with the playoffs, but it's very unlikely.
0: Right. Um, and uh, and so so we've got uh, March to October, then 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 the playoffs, which go um, through December and the the league is split into two conferences east conference west conference uh this is another part that's like um it's like a yeah, it's, it's it's an american thing um and you it's, it's a slightly unbalanced schedule because you each team plays 34 games 17 at home 17 away um, you play each team in your conference home and away um, but each team from the other conference, you only play once. Um, so that means that, uh, like, mm-hmm. la La Galaxy might have to go play um, the New England Revolution away, whereas LaFC might get get them at home. Um, and so it, and it's the way that slightly that unbalanced. Works. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, the way that it works essentially with you play the other conference is. So if I play, if I'm TFC, I will play Galaxy at home in this season, which is coming up, and then the season after, I will go away to uh, LA to play the Galaxy. So essentially, it's alternates per year, but in TFC, you would play um, the New England Revolution at home for one game, and then I'd go to to New England and play the New England Revolution away. So essentially, it's one home, one away in the conference, and then home or away, depending on when you played the other team in the other conference.
0: So then, at the end of, so, end of that um, end of the league season, you uh, the the top team uh, points wise gets what's called the MLS Supporters Shield, um, which is, is yeah a nice thing, but it does not mean you won the league. You have to go into the playoffs, um, and mm-hmm. the top six from each conference make the playoffs. You play you play off against um, only teams in your in your conference um and then uh so the the
1: so it's three rounds basically
0: right the first the first two teams get a bye from the the, through the first round um and three plays six four plays five um the winners move on the one and two teams come in and then you you play off until a winner a winner is named at each conference and then they play off um, in the, in the final. actual league final, um,
1: which is a one leg game, I believe. Yes
0: one one leg, and that's yeah. who and better record better record better record of the season gets gets yeah. gets home. I
1: believe. Don't quote me on
0: that. And then that's that's the winner. Yeah, that's who wins. That's how you win the league. Um, so, yeah, so get hot at the end place. of the year. You know, don't yeah. Just, you know, make sure you rest your players for the, for the end of the year. There's you know, there's going to be games in April, May, June that you want to win, but um, you also want to make sure that your your players are still fit enough that they're right. winning in October, November, December.
1: Yeah, because I know TFC have had mixed success recently, but I distinctly remember watching them lose on penalties in the final. But yeah, essentially, uh, when we're talking about conference semifinal, there's two games the first seed will play the lower of the two seeds, so... If 3rd three three, place versus 6th place, if 6th place wins, the 1st place seed of the conference will play the 6th place, and the 2nd seed will play the 2nd um, team that was there. Um, and then the winner of those 2 games plays each other, um, or the winner of those 2 games play each other. The winner of that's in the final. Um, so yeah, that is essentially the MLS. It essentially goes from March up until December for the top team, um, but it's not... Um, Again, it's very different from the existing league format that exists in many other nations around the world.
0: And then uh, if you're managing one of these teams, uh, you're going to have... Uh, look, there's a couple cup competitions uh, that you'll find yourself in, in addition to the MLS season. Um, the U.S. Open Cup is for American teams, um, MLS teams, and then teams in lower leagues uh, in America. Um America, you know we don't do promotion relegation, so the m l s teams are always gonna stay the m l s teams know. um and and so the u s open cup takes place but it's 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 a fairly standard cup um cup mm-hmm. competition you 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 get drawn against other teams, you win, you move on, you get drawn. Uh, against the remaining teams and move through and then yeah. win the u.s open cup hopefully and there's a canadian analog yep. sir if you want to yes, take the so canadian
1: there is a similar thing yeah so for t- the canadian teams there is the wonderful thing known as the canadian championship which is a discount version of the u.s open cup and it basically um means that the team uh, will play against um, other Canadian teams. So uh, I'll just run through last year's, which is what TFC won. So uh, the first qualifying round uh, had the Oakville Blue Devils against um, Association de Soccer de Blainville, which is a Quebecois team. So they played, the winner was Blaineville. They played, so that's over two legs. Then uh, they played against the Ottawa Fury, which is in the um, USL, which is the um, second division, technically, I believe. Um, Even though there's no pro-rel in that, or there's relegation, but there's no promotion. They won, and then the semifinals is essentially the three MLS teams and then the winner of the two qualifying rounds plays. I'm not sure about the drawing system, but essentially um, it's TFC versus... TFC beat Ottawa, and then Vancouver played Montreal tfc beat vancouver in the final so it's essentially um mls all the canadian teams play against each other and it's like there's like eight teams technically or one two three four uh there's like seven teams who play it's a really weird system it's very uncompetitive but you do have to play in it if you are a part of um the um if you're a canadian team basically so yeah that's that's the gist of the competitions and again the winner of the um, MLS or the US Open Cup plays the um, plays the winner of the MLS um, and from there they go into um, that's uh, I don't remember the specific name of it but it's the essentially um, the winner it's like a super cup essentially I don't know like the best way to say it but that's the gist of it, I believe. So yeah, let's go into the issues of the MLS because the MLS is, in no way, shape, or form, a perfect league.
0: Well, I mean, first we should say if you, if you win, if you win the U.S. Open Cup or the Canadian Championship, uh, or if you win the MLS, you go into the um, North American Championship Champions League, the Concacaf Champions League, yeah, Concacaf Champions League, uncompetitive. So yeah. So, so that's um, a whole lot of fun.
1: Yeah. So the qualification, essentially, um, there's three berths for the MLS. Um, so the winner of the MLS Cup gets it, the winner of Supporter Shield gets it, and then the other conference winner gets it, as well as um, the winner of the U.S. Open Cup, um, as well as... Um, I believe that's it. Um, but if a Canadian team gets into um the canadian team is in one of the mls uh, slots um then the champions league place is also given to the um ml the u.s team with the best uh, mls record that didn't otherwise qualify so um it's essentially weird but um it were it essentially the best team's in the league, get into the qualification. So there's four from Mexico, four from U.S., one from Canada, basically. I believe the winner of the Canadian Championship is the other qualifier for... um, goes into the CONCACAF Champions League as well. And so... Which is very easy.
0: You know, not to rain on anyone's parade who plays in the MLS in FM, because I'm sure you will manage wonderfully and have a lot of... Success in the in the CONCACAF Champions League but I think they'll what the last 10 or 12 real life winners have been from uh, Mexico um,
1: yeah as having played in Mexico last year it's very very easy to win the, Cham- the CONCACAF Champions League it is not a hard league yeah so the winner of the Canadian Championship gets it but the CONCACAF Champions League if I'm running through the previous winners it was Pachuca Pachuca America but um oh sorry Guadalajara, Pachuca, America, America, Cruz Azul, Monterrey, 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 Pachuca, Atalante. So there has not been a team from America that has won it since 2000. Uh, and the last team that wasn't Mexican won was Saprisa in 2005. So um, Toronto FC came very close. They lost on penalties in last year's final. But the MLS teams have not been very, very successful just due to the overwhelming success of mexican teams and their strength compared to mls teams due to not being restricted by the many stupid rules i personally think that we've discussed uh just now all right well then let's move on from the stupid rules (laughs) into problems or no we should discuss no yeah we should discuss the fun facts as well as just the confusing nature of the league
0: yeah so um the one of, one of the main defin, uh, defining things about the league is that, uh, you, well, let's see, what, some some of the some of the top five longest trips in um, club club soccer are trips within the the MLS. Um, you know Seattle goes to take on. Um, you know, well, in a couple couple years, when they go to take on Miami, that's that's going to be a very long long trip. Or Vancouver, I
1: think, even yeah. longer. I um, think that's that's the equivalent of um, like a Russian team going to like like lengthwise, it's a very 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 long journey for teams. It's
0: like Russia going, you know, it's uh some some of the Russian yeah. teams going to Wembley or some
1: yeah, uh, like that. Very very long.
0: So, um. So that's something you know I don't know that that's that's could be adjusted yeah that that's definitely in the game that your your players get fatigued from the um, travel. from travel I haven't I haven't noticed that but you know it's it's I think something that mm-hmm. can't help but be a factor
1: um, yeah it'd be interesting to add it like next year perhaps or I don't know if it's in the game, but you know how training blocks there's three blocks per day if like due to the long journey they made it a multi-hour like two blocks but i think that would be very infuriating and cause a lot of people um pain if like let's say you're vancouver and you're traveling to miami for one game or um somewhere like far away um that you have to spend like a day on not training even though that's what happens in real life i don't know that could be a thing that is introduced in fm potentially right if miles is listening maybe add it or not who knows
0: yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, what is the? Uh, everyone talks about altitude being added, so that'll probably be added before travel, right? Um, of course. All right. Other issues. What do you? What have you got?
1: Another main issue that's happened in the MLS is the moving of teams. So this is something that's happened in American sports and happened recently with the uh, Super Bowl finalists. Um, again, we don't need to keep referencing American sports, but it is quite handy to use as a reference. The team that made the finals uh, this year was the uh, LA Rams, which used to be the St. Louis Rams, uh, which are coincidentally owned by Stan Kroenke. So he. Yes, so they've been back and forth, basically. Um, but yeah, basically, in American sports, a lot of times what's happened um, is if a franchise is unsuccessful uh, financially, um, the owner will um, either threaten to move this team in order to get a new stadium, um, which has happened multiple times, or simply relocate the franchise. And this has been a big thing that happened with the Columbus crew, um, and they large saved the crew movement, which, because uh, the crew were owned by Stan Kronka, um, who's the Arsenal owner, um, who I know many people despise um, due to his lack of investment. So uh, he's been attempting to move the Columbus crew to Austin due to their unsuccessful nature. Uh, and I believe, I, I'm not 100% sure if Austin's getting their own separate team and the crew are not moving, or are they moving in Austin, now they, to Austin? Well,
0: they worked something out so that the... Uh, owners of the Cleveland Browns and a couple other investors mm-hmm. came in to take over Columbus. And uh, Cranky now owns or runs, manages the Colorado team.
1: Oh, okay. And then... And... Okay, okay, okay. But I know there is an expansion team to Austin in 2021. Yes. But yeah, that's another issue that has happened with relocation of franchises. Um... So uh, one... One thing
0: that we've got to do over here in in North America is pick a Premier League team to to follow. Uh, and people do all sorts of ways to do that. You know, where they studied abroad when they were uh, in college or university, what maybe uh, you know they can trace family lineage to um, places that have cool uniforms, cool team nicknames. So uh, we're going to give you a little bit. Uh, about some overlap between the Premier League and the uh, MLS and to and, and some some fun facts about some of the ownership of the uh, MLS teams or 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 I should say the, the management of the team since really the MLS owns everything. Uh, but then different different people can can run different teams. So so this might help you to pick either a, an MLS team to root for or pick a an MLS team to manage in FM. So so we covered uh Arsenal there. Mm-hmm. Um with the overlap with Colorado. Uh the uh and I should say maybe this will give you reason not to uh support exactly. an, an MLS team some of this because then we've also got uh DC United and Swansea having having overlap in in ownership. Um uh, New York City and and is New York, is uh, New New York City Football Club is part of the the City Group um, running Man City and uh, and Girona and a couple couple other teams across the across the world. The uh, the let's see.
1: Yeah, and then where do we have a large list of fun facts? Again, we can run through. Um, Oh, here's
0: the other overlap with the Premier League. I just mm -hmm. found in my notes here: Vincent Tan, the owner of Cardiff, um, is also one of the shareholders in uh, LAFC, along with Will Ferrell, Magic Johnson, uh, LA Lakers great basketball player, Uh, Mia Mm -hmm. Hamm, the great um, U.S. women's national team player. Uh, Nomar Garcia Para who was a, a baseball player for many years, um, uh-huh. also a, a, a strange strange fact. Kirk Lacobe, the general manager of the Golden State Warriors, is is also a um, an investor in LAFC. So he and Magic Johnson are, are kind of rivals on the on the court, but yep. um, on the on the pitch, they are together. Although, so his magic doesn't have an ownership stake anymore in in uh, any basketball teams since he's taking his time to run the Dodgers. Yes. And presumably LAFC.
1: Yeah. So, again, moving back to Kronka, he owns Colorado Rapids, um, as well as his family, um, or the team that Kronka owns is the LA Rams, as previously mentioned, the Colorado Avalanche, the hockey team, and the Denver Nuggets. So he's... Um, again big conglomerate owns lots of sports teams again when we're talking about these overlaps there's potential for having an affiliate being a junior affiliate or being affiliated in some way or even if you're playing an arsenal save try to get it um, i'm not sure if there's an affiliation between the colorado rapids and arsenal but there's potential there
0: right or like with the cardiff owner um he also owns fk Sarajevo and kv Kortrijk. um is i'm going to butcher that belgian Kortrijk? name
1: i don't know i think it's Courtrai. Kort, yeah I mean, um I, my belgian is subpar um, mm-hmm.
0: so you could do a, a uh, an overlap save there um, and then of course there is um uh, mm-hmm. red bull new york or new york red bulls um, with the overlap of not in the premier league but RB Salzburg and Leipzig yeah. um so that's another um, again, we spoke about another, Columbus another fun um, affiliate the, affiliate uh, saved to Browns, do as
1: well as um uh, the Dallas um, team they're owned by the Hunt family who own the Kansas City Chiefs um Houston one of the co-owners is Oscar De la Hoya um Mhm And then going to so any boxing fans out there, you might want to choose Houston to support or manage. They used to run six teams and own six teams, and I'm not sure if the league has actually tried to crack down on large ownership of multiple teams in the same league because again, it can introduce collusion and um, facilitate trades. But yeah, they own the um, the Galaxy and they're a massive owner. And again, the Galaxy are. I believe successfully the most um, or the most successful team in the league, um, and I think a lot of that has come from the finances, and well as well as having Beckham.
0: Right, and so the so AEG also owns the LA Kings, uh, the yeah, NHL, NHL franchise, like which, one of which the means that teams that, that is uh, kind of I'm not to likely to by a lot of people support the la galaxy
1: um so moving on to um san jose um they were formerly owned by robert Kraft, who owns the new England revolution he owns patriots the owners of tfc are uh leafs sports group um who um also own many uh, maple sorry maple leaf sports and entertainment who also own the leafs the raptors and the Argos. so they are um they own almost all the sports teams so yeah
0: So Vancouver, uh, one of their owners is a former NBA great all-star point guard, Steve Nash, uh, one of their co-owners, um, the Seattle Mm -hmm. Sounders are co-owned by Drew Carey. Um, and then we, we talked earlier about Atlanta, um, and their, their Mm -hmm. massive success and, and the way they're drawing recently, they're owned by the, uh, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons. So he's 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 got they who have also had some good seasons recently. So he's mm-hmm, for sure got decent so, yeah um, decent success moving on to, the field in um, both Minnesota types United. of football. Co-owner One, One could also say. the owner
1: of the Twins the Timberwolves. So again, a lot of the teams um, have um, multiple ownership. So I think um, like a, an owner again. Um, the Twins are from Minnesota, I believe. Um, yeah, so. Um. Again, a lot of like owners will own all the sports and Minnesota Timberwolves as well from Minnesota. So, um, I think it's quite common, at least for owners to own all the sports franchises, as um as we've seen here. Uh, a lot of the sports franchises from one area, or at least owning multiple um franchises across um multiple different sports.
0: Then uh moving on to uh, a different different overlap. The the owner of the Montreal Impact is mm-hmm. chairman of Bologna FC nineteen oh nine. So there's another uh affiliate affiliate save you could maybe do. Uh Portland, uh one of the co owners was was the late Paul Allen who also owned the Seahawks, um the Trailblazers, his his a state still mm. still owns all those interests, so I'd imagine um, they will do something with that. But but we shall see. Flamingo, uh, and then of course, uh, elephant in the with room the, or with new logo um, which has been released it's in Inter Miami. Some FC. some circle, yes, the f- exactly very nice, very nice. Thanks for saving my metaphor. Is uh, David Beckham a Miami FC?
1: Yeah,
0: coming coming soon. Also part so yeah, owned by um, Simon again, Fuller, who started Pop Idol and uh and American Vikings, Idol. but
1: again, lots of owners um so. own multiple teams. Uh, and then one of the big dispute again is with promotion and relegation or pro rel. Um so there's been a lot of stuff and complaints. I think again another reason that the MLS kind of turns people off um is the fact that there is no um promotion or relegation. And the NASL, which is the North American Soccer League, I believe is the official name, They um, there's a big dispute, and I believe it resulted in the NASL. The NASL itself has been... Um, there's It's been on hiatus, I believe, um, for a while. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they canceled last season, and they're... Canceling 2019, they're saying maybe they'll come back in 2020. Um, the lawsuit doesn't really seem to have gone much of anywhere, and um, I don't, you know, it, it doesn't. They're they're suing not just the MLS but also uh, U.S. Soccer Federation, um, who, judging. Judging by um, the last few years of the um, men's national team, I'm not sure the soccer federation mm, does really have the greatest. Again, it's a lot of track record, a big mess but uh, it's currently around. It, it is what it is. As say.
1: Um, so, and ultimately, whilst it's not um, the wor- the worst problem per se, again, there's still a lot of dispute, and it's not going to be resolved again very soon without a lot of stuff that's being figured out. Um, and I think that moves us on to our last part of this podcast, which is going to be a brief discussion of teams to use because um, whilst we've discussed the MLS, we haven't really run through a couple really, really good teams to use um, this year in FM.
0: Yes. So you're sitting there, you open up FM, you decide you're going to... You're going to manage in the MLS. Who to choose? Well, uh, mm-hmm. there's one. Uh, you know, we can we can look at sort of the the categories people like to use. Fallen giant. Uh, I would put as as my home uh, team, the San Jose Earthquakes. They had some great success in the early 2000s, but since since then, I've not uh, not done too well. And in the past few years, have actually done. I think it's safe as to say well as, um, fairly poorly. So, bringing them back, they could are be, certainly could be a the good big challenge. dog in the
1: league, but they're very new. Um, but they did sell, I believe it was Miguel Almirón to Newcastle for both an MLS record and Newcastle's record um, for twenty million. So he's um, definitely one of their biggest players, and he's gone. So again, if you want one of those big teams. Atlanta is definitely a really good option. Uh, You already have a very good stable structure. Again, you just won the league um, to build off of and to continue to establish somewhat of a dynasty. Yeah, he's very, very good.
0: I don't know. But can they do it after losing him? Exactly. We will retweet. Or can you do it? We shall see. If you do do it, tweet at us and let us know. Um, yes. Uh, other other teams you could you could potentially do the uh, um, L.A.F.C. Are, are are kind of fun because they are an expansion team in in I believe the expansion. Uh, F.M. Is still F.M. I'm not 100. on sure, F.M. 19, but there since are, again, they, next year. M.L.S. They start if in you're going to do an MLS of of FM, next year,
1: Do the expansion teams? Um, or yet yeah. Cincinnati, Miami, Nashville um, are all. The new expansion teams—they're very um, exciting. It's always cool to do the expansion draft because it's going to be different every time. Because teams will protect different players, and you can um, take a lot of the, take quite a few good players from other teams and build your squad that way instead of having to kind of get what's given to you, which is interesting.
0: another team you might want to pick is the Columbus crew as, as we touched on. Um, they've had a lot of off field turmoil, um, with, would they move Wouldn't would they, would they stay They're They're staying, but, um, and the team has, they've had a couple decent seasons recently. And, and I think they went pretty far in the, um, in the cup last year, but, mm-hmm. um, I know the, the fans have been kind of frustrated because there hasn't been a ton of investment since it was everything was up in the air yep. so can um can you now I that now that they're biased, set to stay in
1: columbus can you can you build TFC them into a, a really juggernaut crashed and burned since they won their trouble um last season um they were incredible beating everyone um but again giovinco their talisman star has been sold um and they've been really on the decline so um they're definitely a very, very uh, good team to potentially do um, and to um, ideally revitalize them uh, in the future. Um, I'm Again, they're a very good team. And finally, um, if you're looking for the real, like the equivalent of like a Cardiff, um, Orlando FC or Al- Orlando City, they used to have Kaká, but he's retired. And they have been really, really, really poor, especially with the introduction of um, Miami coming in. It could be fun to try to battle with this new expansion team as Orlando and try to attempt to um, establish uh, Florida again as a uh, as a uh, potential new uh, star team. And uh,
0: mm hmm. All right, so there you have it. That was our rundown on the MLS, uh, how it works, how it can work for you in FM. If you got any any other tips for us, tweet at yep. us at NASM Podcast, um, at, or I'm at FM underscore Old Dog. At Sir FM. Uh, uh,
1: one word. Um, serve so yeah, is also available. To, if you have any You're, questions you, you, or you don't, anything you don't, you don't have a to, uh, you don't have an underscore, right? To ask about or anything you want to clarify. Feel free to ask us. We'll try to get back to you. Um, I know I might, uh, if I get a little bored of my um, Spartax save, for ex- I think maybe for the last couple of months of the year, I may try to dabble a little bit in the TFC save when it comes to like end of the year, or maybe even try them as my beta save uh, in FM 2020. Um, we shall see. But yeah, um, we can hope. At least I think I hope, as well as um, I'm sure FM Bulldog hopes that. Um, We've explained a little bit more about the rules of the MLS, given you some insight into some interesting facts, um, as well as potentially enlightened you a little bit about why it's uh, not as confusing as you might seem and how you might want to try it if you're looking for a new save. Um, Because it's around February, people, some saves kind of start dying out for some people. If they're looking to start a new save, why not try something in North America, try to learn a little bit or get out of your comfort zone and try it there. Mm-hmm. It might be a challenge, but again, people play FM it'll for be, the challenge. It'll and be unlike some people set, other leagues you've managed in. Exactly, exactly. For sure. some people set their own salary caps, but we, the MLS, actually has one, so you can deal that's with it. That's why we way. play the but game. I believe that's going to be it for the podcast. Uh, I trust everything is well with all of you. Um, so until next time, I'm Serverly and FM. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: And I'm Emph Moldog. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.